Oliver Anthony music intro. Welcome to the Kearly Cultivation, Cultivating Cultural Residue. That one is a bit of a mouthful. We're kind of looking for a tagline for the show, though. And Cultivating Cultural Residue, for some reason, felt like it maybe be a, maybe is a starting point. So uh, this week's episode is all about Oliver Anthony uh, music. So the song Richmond North of Richmond exploded to a sea of knee slapping and outrage. Uh, it was everywhere instantly. I think the first time I saw it might have been uh, Joe Rogan posted it on his Instagram. And so I, I don't know, maybe it popped up on my YouTube. I don't know how these things work. But I did see it pretty early on and kind of was surprised at how much outrage it caused. But if you, uh, as you will hear in this episode, there maybe was cause for outrage. I don't know exactly. My wife did a a little deep dive on Reddit, which Reddit is pretty left-leaning. And uh, evidently this song has been uh, extremely polarizing for whichever, whatever reasons, some of the reasons we talk about in this episode. Um, This episode was meant to be about several topics. The idea was going to be we were going to bump around and like talk about several different topics. However, um, this topic had several topics, you know, so we kind of got sidetracked, got into some interesting places. Uh, Anyway, shout out to uh, Mason Smith. If you look on uh, Instagram at Buy With Mason, or I think on Facebook, Mason Smith, I don't know, Mason. Anyway, he's a mortgage broker in Amarillo, Texas. He's been a friend of the uh, the podcast in its many iterations for a bunch of years. Um, so shout out to Mason. He actually is the one who asked for this episode. He um, sent me a message and said, hey, be curious about the uh, y'all's perspective on Oliver Anthony music. And so... Uh, that song as well as some of the other songs that he has put out so i thought that was pretty cool uh and i definitely wanted to work that in the part of the hope of the show is that people will start reacting and sending in um topics you know telling us i like to go in different weird directions i i like to be surprised you know so sometimes whenever uh, people hit me up with like a topic, I'm like, oh, I didn't really think about that. And then I, you know, go into it. That's part of why I like the, or I wanted the show to, to become a thing, you know? Let's see, where was I at? I got my little notes here. And, um, oh, and uh, so, and in our next episode, something for you to look forward to, uh, another friend of the podcast and listener requested us to review slash analyze Elemental which is like a children's Pixar, I think it's Pixar, uh, movie. And uh, our kids were really wanting to watch it anyway. Like, I, for whatever reason, you know, the, like certain things just pop up in the ether, you know, and everybody watches them at the same time. Anyway, Elemental, uh, I do think that there was a little bit of controversy around this movie. Uh, however, uh, one of my buddies, the uh, listener of the show, uh, requested that we maybe look into that or watch it or maybe review it. So we'll probably integrate that into our next episode at some point in time. Um, also, if you have something that you want us to talk about, uh, then then send it in. Send us in a, me- a message and we'll try to work it into one of the shows um, if you don't, if you're not familiar with the show and you're curious or whatever, uh, I think if you go back to the, uh, we have an episode 
called the simulation theory. I think it's called, or you are in a simulation is what the episode is called. Go back to that, listen to it. It's a good introduction to like kind of our style of show and kind of some of the ways that we think about stuff. And uh, that one actually, we're going to need to do an addendum episode to it because one of my friends at the fire station, he listened to it and then we were talking about it and he was like, bro, you didn't even talk about dreams. And I, I was like, dang, he's right. You know, like I talked about this whole simulation theory and then I ignored like the simulations that we all experience every night, which is kind of crazy. So, um, just reach out to us. If you have something that you want us to go over, uh, shoot a DM at the show uh hope you enjoy this episode share this episode with a friend that is the best way to support the Curly cultivation project which is hopefully going to have many iterations including possibly a youtube channel here pretty soon i've gotten a new phone um and i'm gonna try to start doing some youtube videos just to see if i can learn how to do it so anyway thank you all for listening And uh, until next time, peace. What gives you the right? Well, I am a ticking time bomb of fury. This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. Let's see it. Well, what if there is no tomorrow? So stop melting, ladies, because the boy is hotter than hot. I'm the best chance you've got. All right, give me a little, give me a little hello. Hello, hello. Okay, yeah, I think we're Is good. Is this mic too high? <clears throat> no, I think okay. we're good. Um, man, you're kind of you're blinding me right now. That big window sitting behind you, like the room. Oh, start. do you mean to move like, over? No, you're good. No, you're good. It's just kind of something to comment upon. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> So you put me here. This episode is going to be kind of a coffee with the Kearleys. I'm drinking a beer. Shannon's having some tea. But um, we've been kind of teasing at one of these episodes for a while. And it just so happens to fit this week. Like we had to just cram an episode in. (laughs) You make it sound like. No, I mean, really, like we we didn't even know we were going to be able to have a chance to record today. True, but we're not cramming. We're relaxed. Oh, no, we are relaxed and we're here to enjoy it. Um, So I think in the last episode, we mentioned that at the end of it, that you got a new job. And so now, so Shannon has uh, started her job at Tarleton, teaching the young minds of America. Do you want to comment upon that at all? I'm just trying to think of what to say about it. It's super exciting. I love it. Genuinely, like, there'll be times where I am in front of the class teaching and I have to just, like, stop myself and think, is this is this legit? And I am I really in front of a classroom teaching students right now? It is crazy because, like, continuously throughout when you were in school uh, and people would say, like, hey, well, like, what do you want to do? What are you going to do with it? What do you want to do with it? And you would always say, well, I'd really like to be a teacher, you know, but... We were kind of unfamiliar with some of the way academia works, and we didn't know if with you know just your master's degree, if you were going to be able to really get a job at a 
a D1 college, you it's know? It's crazy. Because everything I've ever heard is how competitive academia is. That is just like the general consensus. And I even remember being an undergrad when a professor told everyone, like, I would never advise anyone to go down this path. It's just getting harder and harder. The pay's not incredible. Just, Just know that. And then I even had a grad professor say the same thing. He said, just know you're signing up for a job that has... Very, like, you may never become a professor. And literally, you went to the closest D1 school that just so happened to be a 30-minute drive. Yeah. And you just got selected. Which I think it's interesting because I've thought a lot about it because, again, I never thought I would be able to teach because I've always heard it's so competitive and I just don't have, you know, the best credentials ever, right? Like, I don't have my doctorate. I didn't have teaching experience prior to applying and things like that. But what it seems like to an academia is you have career academics who are trying to work their way up to good schools, right? Right. And so they would be the students who are coming in, or students, applicants, who will work maybe at Tarleton for a few years, leverage that to get a better job, leverage yeah, that to get a better go job. go to WT, stay within the A&M system. They are climbing up the academic ladder, right, which but- is fine. Like, I'm, I mean, I get it. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but that is a, a large majority of people because, of course, the high, the better college you get, the higher you're getting paid, the higher your title is and where you get paid. So I well, do get and, it. I mean, there is something to be said about a nice campus. Oh, yeah, like, You've made sure. a comment several times about Tarleton's campus and mm-hmm. just been like, wow, like this is a really nice I campus. I like their campus, yeah. Yeah. So th- it is kind of interesting, and I do think being local helps because – it's kind of like any company, right? They don't want to invest a lot into someone who's just going to work for two years and move on. So I think they at least saw me as someone who's willing to stay here. I mean, I would love to be here for the next 20 years. Do you know well, what I mean? Well, I mean, we probably have to be here for the next 20 well, years. Well, I would like to be at Tarleton for the next 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if I'm never at any Ivy League school teaching. Right. That's, I don't care no, about I that. No, actually, you know? what, what I think is interesting is I could really see it leading you to some interesting areas of study. Yeah. You know, because... The group of the people who are going to Tarleton are a certain type of kid. It's known as the cowboy capital of the world. So you got a lot of uh, athletes, you know, rodeo athletes, but it's got baseball, football. It's got all those big ones. But then it's a huge ag school, just completely mm-hmm. separate from the uh, sport aspect of it. So I do think it's it's a kind of an interesting crossroads and it's the perfect spot for a inspired English teacher to be inspiring people to start writing uh, poetry and whatnot, which which we'll come back to a little bit talking about poetry here in just a second. Okay. I will say, I know I told you this, but I'll mention it, that I did have my first compliment from a student today, and he said, thank you for making this class not boring. It's like, oh, thanks. Which, that's a huge... I will take that as a, a compliment. Step. It's a boring glass for most people, <laughs> I mean, people, I know? don't think it is, but I can see how most 18-year-olds think English is boring. Right, right. Well, and it, it just depends on if you've read good books. I mean, honestly. I think that's a big factor to it. But um, So, yeah, that's something that's new with us recently. Yeah. We've been adjusting to uh, full-time work life. Uh, I think the boys are loving school. There's yeah, nothing really, <laughs> nothing really new with that. And then uh, I've been making some progress on my chicken coop, 
we kind of got another batch of vegetables in the ground, but I think the dogs and the chickens are going to ruin that for me. I got to get my fence up. But all that to say, you know, we've there's kind of been some reasons that we haven't recorded in the past like week or two, you know. I do think once we like level out and balance out, it'll be easier to schedule. Yeah, ahead we've of never time. had very good routines just no. given your schedule, just given other things going on now i think will be the first time where we can truly just get into a routine right and so uh but anyway uh since this is just a coffee with the kearleys we're just going to rattle off some topics and talk about it as long as we feel like we need to talk about it and then we'll move on i've got several different topics here okay and i will um, just note i am unaware of what these topics are uh, putting that two, out there as a two disclaimer. of them you are two well of them you are. but i i mean i guess you've only kind of told me of one thing we we're gonna be talking yeah about. i've only told you about one yeah so i don't know what they are well it's time. a coffee with the kearley's babe i know How often i just you ever know what we're actually about to talk about before we talk i'm just about wanting it. to preface it that's all <laughs> the the whole idea behind just for the listener here um the uh, idea of the coffee with the Kearleys was that whenever I get home from a shift, and especially when Shannon was stay-at-home mom slash schooling it up, we would typically have a little momentary like gap uh, of in schedule in the morning, like after the boys were dropped off or whatever. You know, we would we'd have like an hour or two to just drink coffee and just chit chat, and our chit chats usually go in pretty interesting directions you know sometimes we agree a lot of times we disagree you know or we're just kind of asking a question i feel like when when we have like our best discussions it's when we're both in like a questioning mode like well what does that even mean or like what's that you know that's you know something that catches you enough off guard to stimulate your surprise you know anyway um we did have a listener request mason smith um, I'll do a little shout out to him in the description below. Uh, but he's like a, a loan mortgage guy in Amarillo now, but seems like he's doing really well. I uh, talked to him a while back, uh, about redoing a mobile home, which, you know, we just got our double wide mobile home placed on the property. So I've, I've actually learned a lot about installing mobile homes recently. What? Nothing. You're oh, distracting me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was rubbing my feet. Well, you do that every single time we record a podcast. Do I? I rub my feet? Yeah. Well, no, you you interlock your fingers <laughs> and your toes. And honestly, why I started laughing earlier is because the first thing that came to my mind was the ick. The ick, yeah. So Shannon's been trying to explain some of these Gen Z words to me. It's like just seeing you holding hands with your foot. It's like, oh, that's the ick. Yeah, I did just take a shower though, so that that, 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 that makes it a helps, I guess. Okay, so uh, our first topic, as requested by a listener, is to he wanted our thoughts on Oliver Anthony. Man, I might need to run and grab my phone to get the exact prompt. You want me to do that? If you think it's important. Okay, how about this? How about you start off with just your introduction to who you think Oliver Anthony is, or like your extent of your experience? I'm just going to snag my phone real quick. Okay, that's fine. I will say that my prior knowledge to Oliver Anthony, or about Oliver Anthony, has been very, very limited. I honestly knew nothing about him. 
except for his one song, Richmond, Richmond, North of Richmond. That has been the only thing I've known about him. I've honestly only heard about him because of Dexter and because Dexter played the song for me. That has been the only reason I've heard of him. Yeah. I don't, maybe I've seen him on social media pop up. Probably not. The thing is, the thing is, he has, it's only recently blown up. Yeah, I'm just saying I mean, maybe I scrolled like, across them, but I didn't look into it. Yeah, this is still a new thing. Let's see here. Oh, I might have to cut that out. Um, so he posted this video one month ago. So that's as long as he's been anything. Yeah. It's one month. That video has 64 million views yeah. on currently on you on you. Oh, I'm not pointing directly at Sorry about that. On YouTube. So. Well, so I spent the last... 30 minutes leading up to this, just trying to look into him, check out a little bit of his music, see what people are saying, just try to get some, get a general feel for who he is and what's going on. That's where I'm at with my knowledge. So I guess do note that anything I say about him is coming from me just figuring out who he is and kind of figuring out what I think about him. So, um... That's kind of where we're coming at it from. Here, let me pull up the exact message. Um, are you guys going to make a podcast on your thoughts slash reactions to Oliver Anthony? And uh, I asked him, like, what specifically? And he said, just the craziness of him blowing up out of nowhere and the effects he's had on the U.S. general population. And then at this point in time... Uh, I'm, you know, Mason then continues. He just turned down $8 million record contract and a hundred K to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Pretty nuts. Yeah. I have thoughts. Okay. Um, how about you just, you can just jump in on your thoughts and okay. then we'll just go from there. I'm still I, don't, working I honestly don't have anything written down. Through them. I usually like to kind of have things written down or prepared, but this is just... Oh, you know, just going for it's it. It's a coffee with the Kierleys. I know. I just, I like to prepare. It's a coffee with the Kierleys. <laughs> so, I see why he went viral. Okay. I think he made some very specific points that people want to get behind. I also think that generally people are looking for a mascot, so to speak. And I think he filled that position. You know what's interesting to me, though, about it? Because I think there's something specific about this video because there, I actually have felt like there's a resurgence in country music recently. Like with Tyler Childress, Coulter Wall. Yeah, I, I would agree. Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. You know, there's all like these really, don't give me that look. Oh, I was going to say Jason Aldean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, try that. <laughs> yeah. Try that in a small town. Um, but yeah, so I do feel like there is a little bit of a resurgence and I feel like, like the majority of them, especially, uh, like Tyler Childress, uh, some of his themes, like he has like nose to the grindstone and a couple of other songs that are about, I mean, the, the hard state of mi the middle American male in, you know, and it, by middle American male that literally has no ethnicity or even societal you know background because there there is a middle class male 
that exists in the country. And I think one of the cool things about America, as a little bit of a side tangent, is the amount of diversity within a conglomerate group. Like, yeah. I probably have more in common. I don't know. Uh, we, let's not go down that line. That's a, okay. That's a long... I think he represents the blue-collar man. Blue-collar man, yeah. Which which that's what I was meaning is, like, historically throughout all of America, the blue-collar man is usually the most recent immigrant, and they're just working the jobs that have to be done trying to make ends meet, you know? So he definitely struck a nerve. But I, I guess I'm just saying... I'd, I'm I'm surprised that this is the song that everybody rallied around. Well, I think that's what's so interesting, and I, I actually do think it's the fact that he is a white country guy that made it so that people would rally around him. Because <laughs> this is actually what I saw a lot of people comment, too, that I found interesting, is if people are looking for certain topic talking points against politics... I mean, let's go look at some, like, punk rock songs, right? Like, he's not the first guy to say, like, hey, screw the government. Right. There's been a lot of music about that. (laughs) Right. I mean, let's look at rap songs, too. Oh, yeah. That's actually where my mind went was, like, Eminem. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get more like, I'm going to demand that you let me basically say whatever i'm going to say than like eminem you know yeah so i think that's what's interesting about it is that that music exists and has existed i think he said some very specific things Mm -hmm. that caused people to latch on to him specifically and what was interesting and i don't have the lyrics like right in front of me but it was kind of a meme song right like some of the things in the song, like the lyrics, which I'm not dogging them on. I like the song. I thought it was really interesting. I'm just kind of doing a little bit of a, just thinking, you know, thinking about it. Um, but so some of the aspects of it are a little meme like the um, the miners, the Epstein stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to um, pull the lyrics. He hits, he hits a couple, like he talks about. You know, I wish politicians would like look out for minors and not just minors on an island. So he plays with minors and minors, right? Yeah, look for the coal miners or like yeah. the you know those men. Yeah, not just the miners on an island somewhere, which is obviously a you know an Epstein. Yeah. So I did think that that was interesting. I felt like he he kind of encapsulated a lot of the things that are bothering a lot of like normal people. Sane people, you know? Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Let me just try to just get out there because I'm trying to work through what I'm thinking. On one hand, I think many, many people can get behind the fact that they don't like the government's control. That, you know, like he says, I'm selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. I think literally everybody can agree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that is... That, I think, is what caused a lot of people to support him. Then he goes on, and it just kind of seems like the more he goes through the song, it becomes more, quote-unquote, right-wing. And this is just from what I have found from other comments. Right. Right? So I'm not saying these are necessarily my views, but this is what is out there. He goes on to the miners on an island, which people kind of view that as a right-wing thing. Then he gets to the, uh, the welfare that is the biggest thing. Like, whenever I was looking at people who yeah. disliked it, that is the, everyone was quoting this exact thing. 
the line about the but obese see, milk and wolf welfare. Oh, do you want to talk about that for a second? Yes, because I this is where I can this is where it is divided for me or where I see the divide. Because I see why people think of this as a right-wing political thing, right? Mm-hmm. I easily see how people are connecting it to that. And this is where I agree, which I'm not even trying to make it political. I mean, it is political, but I'm not trying to make it binary. But this is where I do agree with the left side, is that he's talking about hating the Richmond, from Richmond north of Richmond, and that he hates the government and taxes and things like that, and then blames the person on welfare. So... It's not their fault if you're blaming the government. You're blaming... You you should be getting mad at the government, politicians, and capitalism, right? Well, okay, but see, so this is actually an interesting point. Okay, let's see here. Are we back? I think we're back. Okay. Sorry, the uh, dang computer keeps switching over to Microsoft Teams as an input. I don't even know why it does that. Yeah, that is weird. Um, So, uh, we were talking about the welfare issue. Yeah, that, again, that is what people kind of point to as the right-wing talking point. And that he's now blaming another person. No, people. He goes from basically blaming the government to now, well, this fat person is the reason our country's going wrong. So I think, okay, this is just, this is just how I would, how, what my interpretation of that is. Because I deal with these people. Yeah. I've gone into houses where it's a person who gets all of their food paid for by the government. And everything has refined sugar. It all is preserved food in like plastic packages. They're just drinking soda and eating ding-dongs. Literally. I've seen boxes of ding-dongs. Pat, pat, like, and, and those people are a huge – like it demolishes their health, right? Yeah. And so in, in my opinion, it's not that the government is trying to help these people and he's, he's just blaming these people. It's like – that is the destructive act that the government is doing. I agree. Like in my in my opinion, you, the government should not be buying anyone ding dongs. And I actually would say that the vast majority of our society should not be eating ding dongs on a very regular basis at all. You know. Yeah. So it, it's kind of one of those things that I agree with you there, that there is an aspect. You want me to tighten that for you? I'll do it. I just didn't even realize it. Um, down. Yeah, we need to get some new mic stands. Thank you, um, So that that's where I'm at, where where it what resonated with me. And actually, people have like compared. I saw a couple of different people were reacting to this point, and they did compare um, – like the percentage of taxes that do go to welfare programs and it's not an insubstantial amount. I mean, it's a pretty large amount. And that that's the thing is like whenever you know that you're you don't feel like you're getting adequately compensated for the sacrifice that uh, that you're doing for the for the society. Meanwhile, the government's stealing your money. And using it to give to hostess to these multinational corporations that produce poison and feed it 
to the most vulnerable aspects of our society until they're oh, in such a health crisis. I do agree with everything you're saying. I'm I'm just saying that that I think that that's a portion of the reason why why that aspect and I don't even think it's a left or a right aspect when it really comes down to it. it's it's are you realistic or are you not realistic because in reality the way that our government's welfare system operates just like anything that the government quote unquote gives away for free it's a mockery of what it could be if True. you just if you gave me that money or or let me pick the organization that that money goes to right then the problem of homelessness or some of these different health issues could I don't know. I think I think, I think that's a fallacy to say. Well, if everyone got to choose where to put their money, we would end homelessness. No, no, no. I don't I, think the majority of people are that nice. No, no. It's not about being nice. That they're going to go donate their money to other places. I'm, I'm just saying a matter of actually paying the specific people that are required. Because, I mean, I go on a lot of EMS calls mm-hmm. with people who are in... Let's just say crisis mode, right? They're living from spot to spot or like I've been, for whatever reason, been running like more people that are, you know, strung out on drugs and different things. And by strung out, I mean like it's in, it's hampering their functioning in mm-hmm. life, right? It's, it's a big hindrance in, in their life. And so I don't know. I, I just wonder if, where, where was I going with that? I don't know, but I can tell you what I think. Okay, go ahead. Okay, let's take grammar into this. Just because of the line and the obese milk and welfare. Which I agree with everything you're saying. I think that the welfare system is a broken system. I don't think it's truly trying to help people. Right, right? that's what I'm saying. And I think that by trying to feed them little Debbie, like, you know, hey, healthy food costs three times more expensive than... Little Debbie's do. Right. And fast food does and all of that. So the system is not designed to help you. And if you are poor, there's a good chance you're going to be eating fast food and junk food. Right. Okay. But when you look at the obese milk and welfare, who is the subject here of the sentence? The obese The obese. And what is the verb? They're taking advantage of it. And so... I'm not saying that there aren't people out there taking advantage of welfare. I know that there are obese people taking advantage of no, welfare. No, you're right. I mean, But it, I do just think he could have said what you just said. The right. government is screwing people by keeping them on welfare. You could have, or by not letting people on welfare actually buy good food. So I guess what my point would be is like the I would I would almost craft a line around like saying that the the government is only offering junk food to our poor yeah i think if he were truly trying to get the government's fault yeah that they're only offering it seems like right now he's putting the blame on the person okay well and this is the thing too this is one of the aspects of him that i was really wanting to talk about he is a normal dude oh well i was gonna get there oh i was just saying as far as like some of this uh people like combing through his uh lyrics one of the things I really like, and I've actually done it with some of the stuff that I've written or like whenever I've messed around with it in the past, I flip back to it later on and I realize how much of what I was writing 
was a moment of me in the time. Yeah, for sure. So it doesn't even necessarily represent you later. And he might have just been wanting it to be like a funny part of the, like he might not have necessarily when he was sitting down to write it been thinking I'm writing the the song of America's revolution. I think an aspect of it was like, hey, I just jotted down a song. Like, yeah, is it a questionable line? Maybe, but it rhymes pretty well. And it's kind of funny. I actually thought it was a funny line. Somehow, I don't think he was trying to be humorous when he is writing about, I wish I could wake up and it not be true. You know, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to. I don't think he was trying to be comedic. I No, I think that there could be an aspect of it that you're you're trying to lighten the mood of a pretty heavy song. The way I take it is, like you said, he is just the average person. Right. And I think... I I I get what he is saying. I like his points. Do I think that the government has too much control and power over the people? Yes. Do I think that people aren't being adequately compensated for their work? Yes. Like, but hold on. Do I think that the Federal Reserve so devalued that our monetary base that it's almost impossible for people to actually compensate individuals on the same scale? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that's what I was going to say is I think – I agree with a lot of his points. However, he seems like just a normal guy who, like you said, probably wrote this down. And I don't mean this bad or condescending to him at all. Maybe just not like the most educated on the welfare system. Right. Or certain aspects of like that. And that's what it comes across to me is like, okay, you're just the average person who has this idea without actually understanding or, the full system. Or putting, and, it, putting it really through like a rigorous editing process, right? Yeah, because which like, is just I a feel song like, that he wrote. I feel like if I wrote something like that and I turned it into you, right? And I'm like, hey, edit this. I think you probably would have pointed that out and said like, hey, are you trying – who is your enemy here, the, the person on welfare or the government? Yeah. And I'm sure he would answer as I would answer, like the government. Yeah. And then you would say – well, this line needs to be reworked because it's putting the blame in a different spot than you're wanting it to be in the blame. And now, now, granted, that's the thing too is I watched one interview with him and he was talking about they were expecting maybe 300,000 views on it in six months. Yeah. That's what that guy's channel put up, you know? And so whenever it hit like 7 million views in a day – it's like, wait a second, yeah. what happened? What well, then, hit? you can tell me what you think about this. Because there are people now who think that he has some more coded language in here that's also right-wing. Okay, what's he got? Well, so, for example, the title, the main chorus, Richmond. It is the Confederate capital, was the Confederate capital. So, his allusion to the Civil War. Mm-hmm. What do we make of that? <laughs> well, I mean, it all depends on which story of the Civil War that you buy, you know? Like, one of the things is, it's really interesting the revisionist approach to a lot of these historical events where the Civil War was not in its beginning about slavery. Lincoln didn't think that the slaves should be freed either. Like, there's a bunch of parts of him, like, uh, before he was president and speeches he gave. I think he was a senator. 
where he said basically he did not agree with freeing the slaves and and even whenever he did free the slaves he fr- he freed the he freed the slaves in the confederate states in the seceded states not in the union there were still slaves in the union yeah and that so there are aspects that to me when you really look at the actual history of the civil war and what it was actually about whenever you do go into the states' rights versus the federalism, which is really what the breaking point was, was now granted, I personally am glad that the abolitionist movement moved forward. I feel like that is the stance of liberty. You know, we should continue as I'm about to get a new phone, you know, we should continue the abolitionist movement towards uh, the technology companies, slavery, Yeah, you know? So we should look to the past for inspiration for sure. But I don't know, like there, there's also an aspect of me that's a little bit sympathetic for the Confederate States besides the, uh, slavery aspect of it. And just the incredible injustice around that. Um, you also got to look at it in context of the day, Right. In regards to the fact that the entire world was in this like almost capitalistic frenzy of these monarchs colonizing and murdering people all over the world. I mean, it was a very yeah. dark time in the history of the world, but it also led to a lot of our modern amenities. So I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Well, I what guess do you think? What do you think about that? I, I mean, don't know. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Both of our families have been generated in the South, right? Yes. I think, I think, I'm not exactly sure. Most of mine immigrated to America, I think, post Civil War mm. through way of Abilene and Mexico, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I was raised a Texan, you know? And I mean, I can remember, um, you know, most of. Most of the school at, you know, most of Tascosa had the Confederate flag integrated into most of the the logos. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was very prominent growing up in the South, just seeing the Confederate flag. So what do you think about it? I mean, you're as much Southern Texas as Yeah, I think Granddad has proved that he had ancestors in the American Revolution. So, which side was he associated with in the Civil War? Was he northern or because Ohio he, is north, yeah. right? Yeah. So he, because he tells awesome stories about sitting on the front porch with Civil War veterans who had had their limbs blown off by cannonballs. Yeah. And he sat as a little child and listened to him tell stories for hours. And he is, has read and researched a lot about the Civil yeah, War. Yeah, he knows a lot. He's about been it. very into. Yeah, I... Which, that's interesting. I've never really asked him his opinion on the North and the South. Yeah, you should. I bet that would be interesting. That would be interesting. I find it interesting. Here's my thought. is It almost doesn't matter what I think about anything, right? And this has been my thought on, like, the Confederate flags. And I don't know. I don't know the right or wrong answer here. But everything's a symbol. Right? That's kind of... I mean, everything is. It's projecting something. Yeah. Now, recently, everything with the Civil War is pretty much projecting racism. Not saying rightly so. I'm just saying that is how it has been. It has been a co-opted narrative. Yes, that if 
Well, okay, hold on. So that seems to be the case where anything Confederacy is now signaling racism. Right. And I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying that is what is out there. Okay. However, what I've also thought is that the people who are still boldly flying their Confederate flags, like on the back of their trucks, despite knowing what it now symbolizes, again, whether you're with it or not, sometimes seem to be playing into that narrative. But see, don't you think that an aspect of it is just inherent in rebelling from a hierarchy? You know? Like, for instance... What what, hierarchy? Well, what I would say is just the governmental hierarchy of the elitist. Like, like there is an elitist that is going to say... Like, for instance, let's say that I had 10 ancestors who died on the side of the Confederacy yeah. during the Civil The Confederacy should have won the Civil War based off of logistics. Like, they had a point where they could have conquered D.C. Uh, Robert E. Lee was a brilliant uh, strategist, yeah. and they they did. They, they could have won, but they weren't trying to conquer the North. They were just trying to establish their own rights as the states. Yeah. And so it was really, they call it the War of Northern Aggression, you know, because the North is the one that was pushed into the South, was pushed back into the North, and then they said, hey, y'all do your thing, we'll do our thing, let's just break it off. And then that's whenever they ended up losing the war overall. But So I don't know. I don't know exactly how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel... Like, for instance, if I did have a bunch of ancestors that died on the side of the Civil War, right, um, it would be like, for instance, if there was a Vietnamese individual in America and they're flying a Vietnamese flag. And I say, listen, America fought a war against Vietnam and we had a lot of soldiers die in Vietnam. And so it is aggression towards me that you're flying this flag right uh i just don't i don't know i i think a part of it is the uh politicalization of images just in general um yes i don't think you're gonna get away from that though i I like it exists i don't i mean it's not going anywhere especially in the age of media i agree but like i've i have seen like some videos and facebook stuff of black guys flying confederate flags and saying that their ancestors had fought on the side of the confederacy yeah and so it's kind of like who writes the histories the victor writes the histories and so um i don't know it's it's very difficult topic for me and and i do feel like i i do very much sympathize with um the african-american population uh, but I also sympathize with the Native American population. I sympathize with the um, the Mexican migrant workers. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, there's a bunch of different groups that I think if you just start making everything an image of hate, before long, everybody's going to have something that they have that they don't associate with hate. That's now being labeled as hate. No, that's true. I do agree with it. And I don't agree that we should be co-opting symbols. Sometimes, like I said, I do wonder, though, when I see, and maybe this is me stereotyping. It is me stereotyping. But let me just say it anyways. 
if I see a guy, let's just say a 20-year-old guy step out of a huge lifted lifted truck, let's just imagine that has a ball sack hanging off the back of it. No joke. And he's got a Confederate flag hanging. And then on the other side, it has Trump pissing on yeah. like a Biden sign, you know, or something. And it says, and let's like- go, Brandon. And if I were to go up and ask him about his ancestors in the Confederacy, I don't think he's going to be able to actually tell me anything about that. It also is being used as a political image for him as well. Mm, interesting. And you're saying, why would you choose that political image? It's a very interesting play, yeah. I think. No, and I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't necessarily know, especially uh, some of the interviews I've now watched of Oliver, which his name isn't Oliver Anthony. That's like Oliver Anthony. Oliver Anthony Music is his like stage name. Mm-hmm. But he's given a bunch of uh, interviews, and he seems like a pretty thoughtful individual. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's doing that. I was just cur- curious if he purposefully used Richmond for something. Well, he's from West Virginia. Yeah. I just didn't Isn't know. Richmond the capital of South or of uh, West Virginia? I think it is, is it? Because that's the thing is, I mean, he can't help that it was... You know, the, the... Oh, Charleston as the capital of West Virginia. Of West Virginia? Yeah. Charleston. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't... Okay. <laughs> what? Oh, we're dumb. Richmond is the capital of Virginia. Oh. And he... So, he's... And he's West Virginian, right? I don't know. I think he's West Virginian. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely an interesting song, I think. Oh, I haven't even finished yet. Oh, go ahead. So then he has the point um, in his song. Oh, do I still have it pulled up? About, I am an old soul in a new world, something like that. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is he referencing the new world order? (laughs) Of course he is. I feel like. That's why I'm saying it's a very meme-y song. Yes. So this, and this is just what I'm getting from Reddit. Yes. I've read many, many different Reddit subs. I've just clicked around trying to try to get a general consensus of everything. And one, the main consensus that I'm reaching is that this song is highly political, whether or not he intended it to be. It has been politicized. Right. The right loves it. The left hates it. But then he came out, Oliver Anthony or whatever his real name is, came out and said, well, I don't, you know, I don't. Uh, align with either side, which is good for him, but then the left still hates him for it. The right's still trying to, like, pull him over. Right. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I think, I do think that he is just an average guy who wrote a song, and he is way in over his head. You think he's in over his head? I don't know. I I don't know personally. I'm not not trying to say that. I know I talked to you about this a little bit and said that what was really interesting is there was probably a time, probably whenever I was his age, he, I think he's 30, with a new kid, right? Where if you had have come to me and said, hey, Dexter, you're going to put out a podcast. It's going to blow up. Overnight, you're going to have millions of listeners. And you're gonna go oh, the, you'd be canceled the next day. You're going on the Joe Rogan podcast. You're going to go on the Jordan B. Peterson podcast. You're, you're literally going to be sitting I'll there. I'll get back to Joe Rogan in a second. Yeah, but I would say I would say that that would have been very bad 
to put 30 year old yeah. Dexter out on the stage. Well, like and that. so I'm not trying to say anything negative toward him. I'm just saying that's a lot for any of Oh, yeah. No, that's just, what I'm saying. I would have failed it. Yeah. And so there's been multiple things. One, then just make continuing on with the political. I can't talk. With politics. Politicalization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Okay. He has been on Joe Rogan, which I guess people now see as a right-wing person. Interesting, right? Yeah. I actually was kind of surprised until everyone's like, well, he's been on Joe Rogan. Whenever I first started listening to him, he was like considered a lefty, like wacko. Yeah. And I don't really think his position has changed much. I think that the the political pendulum has just swung so drastically. I think so. Then he he likes Jordan B. Peterson. He went on Jordan B. Peterson's podcast. I listened to some of that. Then I guess he has a YouTube playlist of not him singing, but of videos that he likes. Okay. So I guess they're videos that he thinks other people should watch. And they, they are Joe Rogan, they're Jordan B. Peterson, they are TED Talks. It's kind of this big variety. One of them is about 9-11. Right. So. Oh, is that why you were? I It was funny because I got out of the shower and I heard you like listening and I was like, oh shit, is she looking up the dancing Israelis? Yes. So that was a video that he has, he still has in his YouTube playlist. Yeah, have you seen that video though? Yes, but from what I understand from the video he posted, nothing came of it. No, that's not true. Okay, well, that is the video he posted. It was a five-minute long video. I'll give the recap of just the video. That they found, or this lady saw these five Israelis dancing on a van when the Twin Towers Not on a van. It was, like, next to a van. Okay. So she saw them. And they were, like, videoing and taking pictures. Yes. And she thought it was suspicious, so she called the cops. As the Twin Towers were literally literally burning. Yes. The cops come and arrest these men. Um, On a bridge, right? In a van. Yes, in their van. In yes. They take them. They uh, they get an attorney. All the stuff. They said that these Israelis worked for a moving company. They did find the company to be it suspicious. It was a shell company. Yeah. Um, but... From what the video said, like it was like, and a they all video. had tickets out of the country, September twelfth. Mm, see, I don't think the video even mentioned that. So, like, I watched a deep dive. I it was funny because I was just on Rumble stumbling around, and I fell into this like deep dive, and it was interesting because it it right off the bat it attacks the documentaries, loose change, and. Uh, all of those different ones, right? Like, there's a lot of, like... And I have fallen for some of them in the past. I've kind of, like, taken them way too serious and, like, really looked into them. But some of them are just complete bullshit, you know? Like, when you really, like, look into it, it's like some of the conspiracies are like, no, this is bullshit. But then there's other aspects of the story that have been covered up and smoothed over and a lot of who's associated with who and and how did the hijackers get to the point that they got and there is like i think a lot of overlap with the cia and possible cia I'm assets sure. i mean it's very sketchy there's a lot of very sketchy stuff with it you so know? just to conclude the video that i watched just to give what is on his channel right the attorney the israeli attorney well he was an american attorney for the israelis just to clarify said because i guess it was assumed that these israelis had connections to israeli intelligence the attorney denied it said that they didn't 
basically at the end of the day, the FBI could not prove anything against them and let them go. Interesting. That so that is all the video was. Okay. Now people saw and that. That, might, that that is actually probably true. I'm just saying that's what the you video know. said. That the FBI could not actually do anything to them. They hadn't. They did not have enough evidence to convict them of anything. Right. Okay. So that's the video. Everyone, everyone, Reddit is highly left-leaning. So a lot of people on Reddit saw that he had that video and that it was of Israelis, and now he's anti-Semitic. Wow. That is, I mean, so some people were just asking, what is, what's the thought on Oliver Anthony? And it's like, well, he hates fat people and he's anti-Semitic. Wow. That is the general consensus from the left side. Really? I mean, on Reddit. So I'm sure that there are normal left people who don't type everything out on it. You know what song I was listening to? What? Uh, it, it, it was really interesting because it's an amazing song, but um, My Own Worst Enemy by Lit. Mm-hmm. Have you like looked ever at the lyrics of that song? I feel like I know all the lyrics. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's like this piece of crap guy who's wrecking cars and disappointing women and he's a loser yeah. and he's and you know like that song all right so is it going again yeah it's going it did it to us again it okay. switched over to freaking microsoft teams it's so stupid pisses me off so i forgot what you were saying but can i say something yeah you can say something okay because i'm just gonna i actually took screenshots of a lot of stuff i all right all right all right so this is what happens during Coffee with the Kirleys. The uh, Microsoft Teams on the computer keeps popping up. Hmm. Freaking garbage. We moved it to the trash. We threw it away. We got rid of it. Okay, so um, let me let me just kind of... One of the things... I, I don't know if people are as racist as everybody assumes they are. You know? No, I think... Let me just clarify that I think Reddit is... One aspect of society, a very yeah. small aspect. I do sometimes feel like it is good to just get a general feel of things. Right. Like I can hop in and kind of say, oh, that's what people are thinking. Right. But I also know that that's not the vast majority of people. There was also someone on here who said, I'm a Democrat. It's a good song. I don't agree with the idea that there's a clear link between how working folks are pushed around and fat folks in welfare are getting to keep eating. But the overall message that the working class is getting a raw deal is the one that I agree with. Then he goes on, which I like. It's also fine for people to like a song that contains some views you don't hold. As we said, I like Rage Against the Machine, and I don't support a communist revolution. I like Bob Marley, and I'm not really willing to go shoot a sheriff. Or do Rastafarian lifestyle. Yeah, so I liked his point, too, that yeah. not everything... I mean, this song has become highly politicized, but Well, it's like, most I like them, Eminem, but I don't want to beat my wife. Yeah, most of the songs we listen to probably don't align with our mm -hmm. true values, I would have to think. Well, yeah, it's like all of Kanye West's music. Yeah. He's and very people popular. now don't like Kanye West. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so I guess this episode is almost going to entirely be about Oliver Anthony. We'll just do an Oliver Anthony Coffee with the Kirley's Ramble. I do just like this comment because I guess in one of his Oliver Anthony's videos. Sorry, I don't know his real name, so I'm calling him Oliver Anthony. It's like Chris or something like I that. I think it's but. Chris. That's what I heard, but I didn't know. So in one of his videos, he goes on to say that he does not align with the right side. But he says, it's hard to get your politics out there in a three-minute song. 
someone of the reply said, my brother in Christ, punk bands have been doing it for, oh, have been doing it in under two minutes for 50 years. <laughs> so someone said, Nazi punks, F off, clocks in at just over a minute and says everything it needs to. <laughs> it's called Nazi punk. Yeah. It's like, hey, you pretty much know everything from the title too. Right. So it's just kind of funny. Again, this is where I think he kind of is in over his head because I don't, I don't know if he intentionally meant to write a right-wing anthem. Right. And the fact that it is taken as such, he has come out and said he opposes it. But people will do with it what they want. Yeah, so, however. Yes. And I think people keep trying to prop him up as being this right-wing mascot. <clears throat> and then, I don't know if you saw, he had to cancel one of his shows because of the ticket prices. Yeah, he says over $100. Or- yeah, and that he... And, and again, I think some of it's just that this is new to him, and that's what he said as well. He ended up having to cancel the show, and he came out and said, I apologize. I don't know. Like, I'm still well, learning. He, yeah, he was saying that he didn't want it to be that expensive. Yes, which I, I like him for that. Yeah. But then it's just interesting to see all the comments of, I told you he's a good guy. He's one of us. Which may be true, but the thing that I'm getting from him, or just from the idea of him right now, is that I don't personally know him. Right? The same way I don't personally know Taylor Swift right. or any artist. They're artists and they're producing music. That's what they're doing. It is weird sometimes when people prop people up to be something. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this guy's not a good guy. He may be. I'm. I, he seems like a nice guy from everything I've seen. But it is worrisome, I think, when a collective group of people select someone to rise above them and be their poster child. A messiah. Yes. Is it interesting? Because I was actually just talking about this recently with a friend. um, And that friend knows who he is. But lately, we've actually been getting rain over the past week. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And the heat kind of broke. So it's been very comfortable this last week. And there's actually been water hitting the ground, which has been very I've actually been cold. It's weird. Yeah. And so... One of the ways I've been describing our current state here in, what are we actually, North Texas? Here? I think we're a little... I think it's considered North Texas. I think I we grew are. up in West Texas, which is the most northern part of... I know. That's what, I think we're technically north, but we're a little west to we're be... We're not in hill country. Super north. But we're also not in South Texas. Yeah, I don't know. We're kind of in a weird spot. We're kind of like right in the middle. Kind of where we're at. Central Texas? With a really bad drought. We've been having a really bad drought. And it's been crazy hot. And the way I've been describing it is apocalyptic. Right? It's like it feels apocalyptic when you walk out. And it's 108 degrees. And it hasn't rained in over a month and a half. Longer than that, probably. It it went longer than that, right? But, I mean, it was crazy. It was just terrible it just felt all terrible. my plants are dead everything's oh, yeah. dead everything's, everything's dead. brown a lot of the trees are dying the huge the, the tanks are all empty that's the scariest part right yeah. when you start seeing like empty tanks you're like well truly worrying about your well water yeah because everybody's now pumping more on the wells mm-hmm. so <laughs> oh, get it together gosh, <laughs> man i burped and sneezed right there i'm gonna leave that audio in that was incredible oh, um so anyway, but one of the things that it's gotten me thinking is like, okay, during an apocalypse, what do you look for? You look for a messiah. You look for a break in the cloud or, you know, 
in the turmoil, right? So, like, if you're in a hurricane, you look for the break of the hurricane, right? If you're in, like, a bad storm, you wait for it to pass. Um, where, where was I going with that? That people are putting... Oh, anyway, the me. apocalyptic, right? And so we're in this apocalypse, and we're looking for the Messiah, right? Something that's going to save us from the situation. And I, I think that's one of the things that I thought was so interesting about everybody latching on to him specifically is I think part of maybe why they latched on to him is because he's just an average guy. He is a nobody. Oliver Anthony, well, who's that? I've never heard of that. Oh, I but think then that's he a huge played part a song, of it. He played a song that I almost could have written myself. Yeah. Right? Like, not because it's simple or anything like that. I'm just saying all of sentiment. the- Yeah, the sentiment that he is, like, projecting out. He's like, he, he nailed that aspect of it. So it, it definitely was an interesting- I, I thought him breaking out like he did was interesting and scary- for a couple of reasons. Yeah, and good for him. I again I'm not oh, yeah, nothing no, against I mean, him. That's great for him. Hopefully he does really well with it. But I'm interested to see what happens. And he him. does have some other songs too yeah. that you know he because he and I've seen him address that aspect of like the you know, obese people eating ding dongs. And I mean I have to say I've almost thrown my back out carrying individuals from their couch to the stretcher, you know? Yeah. And all they eat all day is ding-dongs, and they literally drink soda, like liters of soda. Oh, I know, I know. We're talking about, you know, I moved somebody the other day that weighed like 700 pounds. The biggest person I've ever moved. I was going to say, I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, it was crazy. And it's only going to become more common, you know? It's only become more common. True, and this is the age-old question, I guess, and this is more of a rhetorical question, I think. Yeah. But whose responsibility is it? Well, and that's the hard thing is I, I really feel for those people, right? Like, it's hard because I know they're embarrassed. I know that they're not happy. That they're, They didn't want to be that. There's no way yeah, they wanted to be that. And they're very remorseful in that moment. But it is it's just an expression of an addiction. Well, that's you know? what I was going to say. Like, that's what's hard. It's a harmful is- lifestyle. I don't hate the person. I am usually pretty pro-individual responsibility. I'm I'm going to turn that off. But continue to talk. I can hear you. Okay. So I am usually on the side of individuals need to step up and take responsibility for what they're doing. I, I, I like that side of things. I think we do need individual responsibility. At the same time, though, especially when we're looking at something like that, the food is designed to be addictive. It's designed to be cheap. It often is highly misleading. You know, like cereals will say, great for your heart. Like, no, it's heart just healthy. A, yeah, just a sugar crap cereal. Yeah. And so, though, I do wonder with people who maybe don't have enough money, maybe not enough education, do they truly even have the opportunity to choose for themselves? To even be personally responsible? Well, that, I think that's one of the aspects. You know, I'm a libertarian. So... What I want to put force and f- for, uh, first and foremost above everything is liberty, right? I want individuals to make their own decisions for themselves, right? Yeah. 
But what's interesting about that is you have to have a capacity to make that decision well, yeah, for yourself. Right? Not when yeah. something is in your face lying to you. Well, but what I want and designed like to for instance, I want Emmett to make his own decisions about how he eats. But I also want him to be exposed to the proper information and research mm-hmm. to know how his body's supposed to function, what it's supposed to be eating, yeah. and what's going to be extremely harmful for him, you know? Yeah. And so it's an education. I mean, it's it an truly, education. when you look at the um, the food yeah. pyramid that they used to show us, oh, garbage! It is. They said it was upside down, literally upside down. Yeah, and that's what was given as education. So, can we blame people for truly not knowing? That's true. I and mean, so that's whenever, what's hard about it. Whenever you like, it's very easy to acknowledge the propaganda, the lies, the control mechanisms that have been applied by, like we were talking about this in regards to that other podcast you're listening to, these companies have hired neurologists to make you addicted. Oh, yeah. She was a child psychologist, and she was invited onto like a board for an app. And she was talking to other people there, and they were all talking about all of the apps. All well-known apps have hired neuroscientists to make the app as addictive as possible. That and is what it, it is like designed to do. That's dark magic is yeah. what they're doing. So then it's the same thing you know, with cell phones. On one hand, it you do have a personal responsibility to take control of your addictions. Yes. On the other hand... It is the most addictive thing and ever. And they're designing it to be as addictive as yeah. possible. Yeah. And so do you stand a chance against it? And like, well, then where's the protection for the individual who... Yeah can't relinquish their and for kids literal kids yeah no joke how are they supposed to take control over yeah it's literally the coolest thing that humanity has ever designed yeah and it gives you access to the most extensive network of information that's ever existed at least as we know it within history you know yeah it's kind of crazy like that it, it does get into some interesting places and that's only just talking about a three minute song or whatever Mm -hmm. you know Oh, man, that is, that's the conversation I had with my students today. I don't know if I'm uh, succeeding in what I'm trying to say to them, but I am trying to get them to understand that everything is interesting, right? There's a deep thing to everything. Yes, and so they come into class, and they're great. I'm not complaining about any, any individuals, but the overall sentiment is freshman comp is boring. It's required course. I don't want to be here. I'm never going to write an essay in my life. Who cares? That is the overall sentiment, right? Right. And so I'm trying to get them. It's like, man, if you could only see, that is just analyzing a three-minute song that we didn't even prepare for. Right. There's so much to literally everything. Oh, yeah. Please see that. And that's what I told them today. I was like, if you if you take nothing else away from this course, just learn that there are so many things to be interested in. So many things. I've been into like esoteric magic recently and it has been blowing my mind. You know, like I never really realized that there was a entire branch of esoteric uh, rabbinic writings from the turn of the century. So imagine like Jesus's movement is like happening. <laughs> we just took a huge turn. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying as far as like there's like this interesting stuff yeah. laying everywhere. Well, at the same time, there was another school of like rabbinic thought that was progressing that 
I wish I remember the name of it, but they actually think that Paul might have been a practitioner of one of these basically altered level of consciousness, rabbinic, but they did it through like fasting and they were very religious in their approach to it. So it's it's kind of an interesting um, question. But yeah, I mean, everything is so much deeper than you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And then you find these like scholars that have dug in so deep that it's almost irrelevant. It's so deep. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, then we just move on and we forget about it. Right. Although it's just cool to learn new things. Well, we just did an hour over uh, all of our Anthony music. Well, I think that so. was great. So, yeah. So, we actually had a couple of more. You want to hear what the other topics were going to be? I'm kind of scared, but sure. Okay. Tell me, and then we'll save it for the next one. All right. So, the first one was going to be called Breakaway Culture. Okay. Okay. Next. 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 Save and it. And the other one was going to be Not the How. Why? Okay. I like that. Those were going to be the other two topics. So what were all four? You said four, but we had Oliver Anthony and then those two. Life update. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was the four topics. Okay. So, yep. I like both of those. I'm intrigued. No, they were. They were going to be interesting too. Um, But I guess everybody's going to have to wait. So thanks, Mason, for (laughs) eating up the entire Coffee with the Kearleys episode with that. Uh, But, I mean, honestly. It was interesting. You know, it's one of those things that. You know, he uh, he's engaged based off of the podcast several, with me several times when I really needed it. And I might not even be, like, podcasting anymore if I hadn't have gotten, like, that engagement or those... Uh, support. Support, you know? Um, and so, yeah, no, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate him sending that message. And I wish more of our listeners... So request something. Yeah, would reach out like that because, I mean, everything has interesting aspects to it. And, you know, Oliver, that song, I mean, honestly, like, I I don't think it's, like, my favorite song ever to have been played. It's a very simple song. It's one of those things where, like, I listened to it and I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of an interesting song. Like, And, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily say that I was, like, I was kind of neutral, yeah. There are other artists that I've heard songs like, for instance, uh, Follow You to, I think it's called Virgie. I think oh, it's actually just called Virgie yeah. by Tyler Child- Childress. When I heard that song, I generally was like, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. Like, this is, this is up there amongst, it did everything right, you yeah. know? Well, I was actually thinking that because I was on Instagram and I scrolled past Andy Grammer, whom I'm a big fan of. Right. And he's always posting music to rethink your identity. You know, right. his most recent, like his tour that he's going on is basically like get away from money as status. We are doing ourselves a disservice. We're doing whatever entity, uh, deity you are trying to, or you like, we're doing them a disservice. Thinking of ourselves as just labor that we make money and associating our whole life around that, around a dollar bill, is messed up. Right, and so he talked about that a lot. And oh so it, yeah, and he's he's got some powerful songs. Yeah, powerful I songs. love his stuff. And so it is just kind of interesting. Again, it's like he's been putting that out for a while, and it's like where, why is nobody noticing him? You well, know, I mean, I do and think, he is famous. Yeah, but. I was gonna say I do think Andy Grammer is probably in the millions of heirs. Oh, um, I'm sure. I mean, I think he. I mean, does I think well. he's very prolific. Yeah, I think. but and it just I, didn't I seem do, to go viral. I do, that is one of the things I was trying to refer to earlier, you know, is say 
it is weird that he is the one that blew up the way he did. I, I, I don't think it's weird. I think the song had very specific talking points. I think he looks a very specific way, and he is your good old country boy who pulled himself up by his bootstraps. You're just saying he just fit the he, he fit the mold. He fit the mold, and nothing against him. Yeah, nothing against. I don't him. think he purposefully did anything. Right. I just think he fit the mold. There's a reason that no one has taken someone from a uh, punk rock band with tattoos and earrings and smokes weed and said, "This is our guy." Although this guy did say that he grew a bunch of weed and he used to smoke weed oh, a lot. Really? Used yeah. to though is behind him. Well, I the think it is man. behind him. Yeah. Huh? He, Interesting how that works. <laughs> true that. True that. It makes him relatable. Yet he's above it. Oh, okay, okay. So you're <laughs> saying that he's a cult leader. No, no. I mean, not. He's not intentionally that doing cult, that. Th- that is what cult leaders do, though. Oh well, I'm just. I'm not saying he is intentionally trying to do anything. I think people are putting all of this on him. I think people would gladly sign up for his cult. Oh yeah, no. I think people are dying to. I think they're literally dying to sign up for his cult. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that. Like I said, that was. An hour and six minutes. Perfect. We just hammered it out. Uh, very much enjoyed it. Uh, like again, a quick shout out to Mason. That was awesome. Thanks for requesting it, and to everybody who has uh, offered encouragement and engagement to us. I mean, it's like you know we do this thing for free. Literally, actually, it probably costs us money and time. You know, we spent three hours in the Barbie episode. I know. I know. <laughs> I do think it was a good episode, though. I think I know. I do think it was a good episode. There just wasn't going to be a fourth hour. No, no, there was not. I, I even said that at the start of it. I was like, look, we're done. We're done yeah. after this, you know? So, all right. Well, I appreciate you people. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please, uh, you know, share it with a friend. Just tell somebody, like, hey. Smash that subscribe button. Uh, hit that like button, whatever. <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody hits likes buttons. Just like, go out and say something nice to someone. Yes. That's all I want. Yes. Just love the world. Anyway, thank y'all for listening. And, uh, you know, listen to the song. Check it out. Tell us Let what us you, know what you think. Tell us what you think. So, anyway, talk to you soon. Peace.